Hey everyone, it's Metal Rock and Whiskey Monday. Each week, we bring you this special segment, a tailored and themed whiskey pairing, so that you, the listener, can drink with us, the talking people, on Wednesday's show. That's right, Sailor, and this will also be a sneak peek of our upcoming topic as well. And this week, we'll be discussing one of the founding bands of thrash metal, Exodus. Yes, very much looking forward to this one, and... Like we did on our Motley Crue episode, we are not battling one or two or three albums. We are battling four albums. Yet again. Yes, and of course, only one of those will reign supreme. But first, most of you probably know that each week we take turns pairing a whiskey with our weekly topic. And this week, it's my turn again to offer a pairing because... My co-hosts are jerks. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You just do such a great job. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, if shit. I was going to disagree with you, I would have already. But yeah, we're jerks. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, we're, I mean, we're fucking jerks. What can I say? <laughs> All right. Let's get into this. Let's talk about the whiskey maker the world never knew. For many years, the widely accepted version of how Jack Daniels Tennessee whiskey got its start was that a preacher and farm owner in Lynchburg, Tennessee, took a teenager named Jack Daniel under his wing in 1864 and taught him how to run the farm still. But as Jack Daniels was preparing for their 150th anniversary in 2016, the distillery did a deep dive into its own history and came out publicly with a new narrative that one of the preacher's slaves was, in fact, the actual distilling mentor. So the correct story is, there was once a former slave just outside of Lynchburg, Tennessee, in a place called Louse Creek, which distilled whiskey. And we now know that Nathan Green, his family and friends would call him Uncle Nearest, may have been the one that perfected what is now called the Lincoln County process, where whiskey is filtered through sugar maple charcoal before it goes to rest in charred oak barrels. And you should know, Uncle Nearest was also the first on-record African-American distiller in the U.S., so now there is a 270-acre horse farm near Shelbyville, Tennessee, where a new distillery was built with a tasting room, a music venue, and is basically a living and breathing monument to Uncle Nearest's life and work. The company partners with two other Tennessee distilleries to produce their whiskey using Uncle Nearest's process. This is how the distillery describes their process today. It is made using local ingredients from Tennessee. Their Tennessee Silver, which is their unaged whiskey, is in an intricate 11-step, 25-day process utilizing a one-of-a-kind triple charcoal mellowing system that was tongue-tied that was hand-drawn and fabricated (laughs) by engineers exclusively for Uncle Nearest. No other whiskey in the world utilizes this proprietary process. So I chose to pair this week's band exodus with uncle nearest 1856 premium whiskey because i feel that even in the metal world exodus somehow is still fairly unknown i've met many metal heads who will admit they don't know them or have not heard of them or they may have listened to a little bit but really didn't don't know them very well which i think is a shame so we have two entities here that have a crucial place in the orange origins of their industry one 
whiskey, and one thrash metal. And they just didn't get the notoriety or respect that they deserved. So here are my tasting notes on Uncle Nearest 1856. All right. So when I pour it, it has a rich amber color, which you would expect from a Tennessee process. It's typically going to be just a little bit darker sometimes, even if it's younger than a longer aged bourbon might be, for example. On the nose, I get molasses, lots of brown sugar and earthiness, grass, wet earth, and of course you get the charcoal, as you should in a Tennessee whiskey. I think it really matches what the company says you should expect to taste, which is often not really the case. It is this time though. It's rich, it's smooth, I get fruit, green apples, and there's even some spice in the back of the palate. Maybe a little bit more spice than I expected for a minute, some white pepper, some nutmeg and cinnamon, and then some woodsiness comes through to mellow that out. The finish is full of caramel, cream, and grassiness. I think it's a really good presenta- presentation and exactly what you would want out of a Tennessee whiskey. It's a bit pricey, though. You should expect to pay about 58 bucks or so, but I would definitely say it's worth it for the legacy, and it was really a pleasure to drink. So if you care to support one of the pioneers of our industry, I would tell you to go grab a bottle of Uncle Nearest Whiskey, and in the same time, Turn on your iTunes or your Spotify or however you listen to music and pull up that Exodus, especially if you're a thrash metal fan. You should love this stuff. So that is my pairing for the week. How would I do with the correlation, you guys? That oh, is man. Amazing. Spot on. That's well, amazing. I'll tell you what. Thank you very much. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll have a lot more to say about this in our discussion. I think Wednesday. we will, too. In fact, I guarantee it. Yes. And... Um, if you want to know a little bit more about Uncle Nearest, which I hope you do, give it a Google. There's actually a book written about it. There is a very cool woman, and I don't want to say too much right now, um, who helped to uncover the story. And I'm just going to leave it there for a minute um, because you might find out more about this on one of our shows. Mm-hmm. So, it's right. amazing that it's amazing. And you, you said it, and I know people who are thrash fans that are like Exodus Who? Yes, it's true. I, right. I mean, to yeah. me, as a thrash fan, you know, they're they're in the discussion, obviously, maybe more so uh, than what people would say. But we'll get into that on Wednesday, of course. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's still, but it's still shocking away. to me. Yeah, yeah, that people don't know who Exodus is, and you know, just like it's a little mind blowing that it took this long to find out, and it really wasn't that. I'm not going to say it wasn't that difficult, but. It could it could have been discovered much much sooner that Uncle Nearest existed and the importance that he played in American whiskey's history. So yeah, that that it's both quite shocking and and um, both deserve the respect and um, the notoriety that they should get. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Oh hey hey you guys real quick before we get out of here. Yeah. So, uh, anybody here a David Hasselhoff fan? Back in the Knight Rider days. Just his I used to love Knight Rider. That was an awesome show. Knight Rider and his roast on Comedy Central. That's about it. (laughs) I have to tell you, fucking Baywatch ruined the Hoff for me. Because I also, I grew up with Knight Rider as well. What, he was on that show? Yes! He was on Baywatch. Dude. All I remember seeing was like Pamela, Pamela Anderson. Anderson. Yes, he was on uh, there forever. That, you mean there were actually guys on that show? He was the main <laughs> character, yeah. <laughs> oh, oink, okay. Oink, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, there's a reason why I'm bringing up the Hoff. Okay. 
He's 66 years old, by the way, just so you know. Because I want to put something into perspective. So you know that in addition to being a talented actor, the Hoff is also, shall we call him, let's call him a singer and not a musician. Hmm. I think that's a little more accurate. He's big in Germany, he I dabbles. He, yeah, he's, he's very yeah. big in Europe. I will tell you, the many, many years I lived in Europe, it is not a joke that he is big in Europe. He is, in fact, fucking huge in Europe, unfortunately. Uh, So he just announced recently that he is recording a new album. And here's why okay. I want to bring it up. I'm going <laughs> so to that be- doesn't seem that extraordinary. I know. So where I know. are you going with this? All right, let me just give you a quote. I'm doing some heavy metal songs on my new album. Why not? I do not have an album title yet, but it should read, Everything is Allowed. I do everything because I can't, because I want it. <coughs> Excuse me while I pick up my jaw off the floor. <laughs> Because I can, because I want it. The because fuck I does want that it. Mean? That's the best. What a weirdo. <laughs> That's the name of his first song. Off that album. I will will I the album into existence because I want it to be. So, okay. In 2004, he played a rock fest. It's called the Nova Rock Fest in Austria. Okay. And he shared the bill with Iron Maiden. Now, it's not what it sounds like. <laughs> Yes, that is a fact. But there was like 80 billion trillion bands on this fucking festival. I don't even think they were on the same stage. But whatever, right? So he was... <laughs> some One of a local members of the local press said, What do you think of Iron Maiden? And he said, Oh, I love Iron Maiden. That's the kind of music I listen to. Them and Metallica. And I'm like, Get the fuck out of here. You do not. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, but... Really? Okay, so wait. You never know. <laughs> the Hoffmeister might be a closet metalhead. I oh. guess it's possible. Okay, wait. Do you guys think the story can get any better? I'm sure it can. What do you think? It gets oh, so knowing, much better. Knowing Dave, not personally, but knowing uh, his history, yeah, I, I'm sure it could get a little All right, little so this is amazing. Hasselhoff once enlisted Ministries Al Jorgensen to remix a cover that Hasselhoff did of Neil, huh. Neil Diamond's Sweet Caroline. <laughs> now, <laughs> there's so many things wow. wrong with this, okay? First of all, I'm a Red Sox fan, so fuck you. Second, why would you want him to... Why would you want him to remix... Anyway, okay, let's put that on the shelf for a second. Here is what Al Jorgensen had to say about this experience. It was the most surreal project I've ever been involved with. Remember, this is the guy from Ministry. I can imagine. I didn't even have to take acid. I felt like I was tripping balls. David Hasselhoff has a new album coming out. Some originals and some covers. And for whatever reason, and this is the part that still perplexes me, since I haven't met him yet, he decided I would be perfect to mix this. So it's like, I'm game. I'll take the challenge. This could be cool. And sure enough, man, as soon as I heard it, I felt like I was on some of Timothy Leary's best MDMA I've ever been on. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the best fucking thing? When a dude from fucking ministry says it was the trippiest thing, that's got to be like, I don't know, that would end the world or something. (laughs) You'd never come back from that. I don't know. Oh my god. Now I've got to hear this just out of sheer curiosity. Oh, oh shit. 
So, um, what do you want to bet he's going to ask Mr. Jorgensen maybe to help him with this album? I don't know. Um, but I will say this, listeners, we're going to review this album when it comes out. Hell yes. Because we would be remiss if we didn't, if we didn't give the Hoffmeister his due metal credit. (laughs) (laughs) Since he's such a big fan of Metallica and Iron Maiden. Oh, God help me. Oh my God. Interesting. Interesting fact here, though. This will be the Hoff's 14th studio album. Which is more than Tool, Nirvana, and Rage Against the Machine combined. That's crazy. That, what what world are we living in? Like 14 I said, fourteen albums. He is a household name in Europe. Oh yeah. And they especially so the time that I lived there, the internet was very young. So they didn't believe me when I would say to him, "Nobody wants to buy his albums in the U.S." They were like, "What?" They just assumed. He was this giant music star here as well. And I'm like, no, no, no. He's known for his acting, which is also funny to say. (laughs) (laughs) He's known as an actor on very popular shows is probably how I should have said it. Um, But yeah, his albums, have they been released in the U.S. as well? I thought I read somewhere that some of them weren't even released in the U.S. because they just won't sell. Hold on. Somebody do the Google right here. (laughs) I really think I remember reading that. But, yeah, Europeans were, I mean, you could have fucking knocked them over with a feather. They couldn't believe it. They're like, what? He's not pop. Everybody thinks he's a huge star over there. I'm like, yeah, well, he's not. Nobody wants to listen to that shit. You guys are the crazy ones. Nobody wanted to listen to it when it came out. Nobody wants to listen All to right. it now. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight at least eight albums on iTunes or Apple Music alone of David Hasselhoff. Well, that's got to be for... It surely can't be for an American audience. (laughs) I don't know. Listeners, tell me. Do any of you listen... I should say, U.S. listeners. Do any of you listen to his music? Have you ever bought one of his albums or whatever? Let, Let us know. Oh, here, this is the best. His album cover, I'm sorry this will be lost on the listeners, but called Night Rocker. Do you see this? No, he's standing on top of Kit. Standing on top of Kit, an card. old 80s Trans Am. That's supposed to look like Kit. With his... With a, is that a flying um, V? What is that guitar? No. I can't see it. It's a, oh shoot, I can't think of the name of it. Well, you it's probably... an electric guitar and it looks like he's in a leather vest with leather pants yes and there's a lot of yeah. smoke behind him it looks like this would be his like <laughs> s- rem- i can imagine his new metal album cover will be something like this <laughs> how dare you stand on top of kit who the fuck do you think you are that's just rude and disrespectful oh man any of my fellow people out there night rider fans they'll know who kit is if not you don't know what the fuck i'm talking about well, that's a little bit of news for you guys there. I cannot wait for this album to come out. I, for one, really want to hear David Hasselhoff's metal album. And like you said, we will review it. Oh, yes. We Challenge accepted. <laughs> and we'll, we'll review it fairly and honestly. We will. As we do with everything. Sure we do. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I guess that's it. So uh, I guess come back here Wednesday for our epic four-way battle to the death. Maybe that's a little... Yeah! Maybe that's a little... death. Maybe that's a little extreme. It might get bloody. You don't know. Yeah, we don't know. I mean, we, I mean, we really don't know. I mean, we have been close to drawing blood on this show before, so... I think we've drawn blood on this show. <sighs> well, I we think might it... just don't... We might just end up bonded by blood. You never know. Oh, I see what you did there. I see what you did there. It's like he has a crystal ball or something. <laughs> we also are going to have a special guest on yes. our show How can we this forget? week, yes. which yeah. I'm excited oh about. Gosh. So um, Wolfman Dave from That Metal Podcast will be joining us for the discussion on Exodus. So we are really excited to have him on the show. So definitely tune in on Wednesday, guys. Yeah. And in between listening to our shit, listen to his shit. Um, yes. And then tune in on Wednesday for our Exodus battle. All right. We're out of here. All right. Later. See you guys.